Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called Demon's Voice about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and I'm also on Twitter at Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow me because why the fuck not? Hi you all, have you had a good week? Mine's been... well, it hasn't been shit to be honest. I uh, It's just after Christmas, I don't know when you listen to this. Um, I It's now Saturday and I think the last time I saw a person was Tuesday. I've been sleeping in till about 12 o'clock every day. I, I'm actively dodging people. I'm ignoring messages and, and whatnot. Uh, I think that I'm living the life of a depressed person, but I'm actually having a really good time. I hope you all had a, you know, got all the presents that you wanted and got all the autographs that you'd, you'd asked for for Christmas. Huh? What's that? Oh, you, you didn't ask for autographs. All right. That's interesting. I, uh, a few years back, I won't, oh God, I hope the person doesn't listen to this because uh, I am very grateful for everything I ever get. But I got a Christmas present off someone one year, and I opened it, and it was a poster for Trainspotting signed by Danny Boyle. Trainspotting is my favourite film of all time, and Danny Boyle is my favourite director, so this is very thoughtful, and this is very cool, and I thought it was incredible, wow. The next year, next Christmas, I opened a present and it, from the same person, and it was a, it was a photograph of Ewan McGregor in Trainspotting signed by Ewan McGregor. And I thought, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I, I You know, it's my favourite film, the main actor in it. Then the next year, I got another signed autograph off them, and it was Ben Affleck and Daredevil. And I thought, oh, uh, okay, uh, that's good. I mean, you know, I can see the thought process. I like movies, and that is technically one. Then the year after that, I got Cameron Diaz, uh, but not even from a movie, just just like a, like a photograph still. You know, I mean, who doesn't like Cameron Diaz? But um, then the year after that, I got another one, which was the, th it was the three main characters in Harry Potter signed by all three actors, um, which is cool. And then I got another bonus one that year, and it was another one of Ron from Harry Potter signed by Rupert Grint, so I got two Rupert Grint autographs that year. So, essentially my bedroom now looks like a fucking Italian restaurant, there's so many photos of famous people hanging on the wall. Um, you know, but I am grateful. Anyway, speaking of things that nobody wanted, this week we're talking about uh, Terminator Dark Fate, that movie that has literally already been forgotten, only came out a couple of months ago. I won't give away... Well, just, I'll read the blog to you now, shall I? You know, that's that. Sit back and enjoy. Cheers. The Terminator franchise has always seemed a little far-fetched to me. Probably not the most controversial statement. It's not that I don't believe that the robots will one day rise up and destroy us, because I absolutely believe that. Only this week did I meet my friend on the train and discover that he had no fucking eyebrows, because of, in fact, a robot. Apparently he'd been shaving them down when the electric razor developed life of its own, and decided to take them off completely. Also, in my mind, a razor is basically a robot, that's how behind with technology I am. But the rise of the machines starts now. Imagine what a robot could do with a gun if a simple razor was able to turn my friend's head into a giant fucking thumb. My issue with that first film is actually that I just don't believe in the mission of humanity's saviour John Connor. Could a soldier lead the resistance and bring down the robots? I mean, maybe. But would he be prepared to send his mate on a mission through time with the primary goal of hooking him up with his own mum? No. And even if he did, then that is not the future that I want to live in. Be shot dead by robots or rebuild society in the image of a man whose main agenda was to get his own mum laid? Uh, I think I'll take being shot in the head by fucking robots if you don't mind. It is still a classic though, that first movie. With Back to the Future's plot focusing on a mum trying to bang her son, and The Empire Strikes Back having a brother-sister get off with each other, I suppose we just have to accept that the sci-fi writers of the 80s were a little bit fucking creepy. 
Terminator 2 Judgment Day followed almost a decade later with an increased focus on action and a reduced inclusion of creepy boner missions. Although, this time the robot sent a machine back to murder John as he was on the cusp of puberty, when a sex bot would ironically have had a better chance of killing him. It wouldn't even have to have been a particularly sexy one to get up close to him to do it, really. I reckon a chainsaw with tits would have done it. He was a young boy, they'll bang a fridge door if they don't think anybody's looking. I mean, fuck it. If you want a robot to kill a little shit, then just send him free tickets to a rock concert and get one of Daft Punk to choke little bastard out. Still, it was another action classic, and with the red light shining from behind the sunglasses, Arnie's character became a cinema icon. I guess nothing screams cool like a man that suffered from a neon case of pink eye. This is also where the franchise should have ended too, because all of the subsequent films have been fucking terrible. I don't know if you saw Terminator Genisys, but it'd be worth sending a real-life soldier back in time just to try and stop that fucking movie from happening. Luckily, Terminator Dark Fate is here to erase all of the post-Judgment Day sequels with it being positioned as a direct follow-on to those first two movies instead. Sarah Connor was casually killed off in the original Terminator 3, and so this marks her return to the franchise after almost 30 years away. She's exactly what you'd want her to be here too, having spent the last three decades fighting, running, drinking, and going a little bit crazy. I don't know her views on the Jewish people, but after dedicating her life to fighting the Terminators, it seems that she has essentially turned into Mel fucking Gibson. This film focuses on three women though, with her being only one of them. The other, Danny Ramos, is a young woman being hunted by a machine that considers her to be key to humanity's triumph in a new future war. I guess she's basically what Sarah was in that first movie. The other woman is Grace, a cybernetically enhanced human sent from the future to protect Danny at all costs, and I guess she's basically what Sarah was in the second movie. Grace is also played by Mackenzie Davis, who I am full on in love with. Most people have a list of celebrities they're allowed to shag, but I'm single, so a celebrity with a list of normal people they're allowed to shag would be more useful to me. This caused me some concern during this film because I would have cut my left nut off to end up with her, despite the fact that she's basically been made up to look like Justin fucking Bieber here. Now, how can I fancy a woman that looks like Justin Bieber, but not fancy Justin Bieber himself? I'd like to think that if I was gay that Bieber wouldn't even be the kind of guy I'd go for. If a camel is a horse designed by a committee, then Bieber is what happens when that same committee attempts to design a pop star before merging it in the teleportation device from the fly with a wet fucking noodle. But would I fancy Bieber if they made him dress up as Grace from this movie? This is the kind of moral question that really great sci-fi films should be presenting us with, and it sends a shudder down my spine to ponder. Maybe, I guess is the answer? But I definitely feel conflicted about it afterwards, which is exactly how I feel about Terminator Dark Fate now that I've seen it, and to change the subject. In the heat of the moment, I convinced myself that I was really into this new film, and I actually thought it was pretty good. Maybe I'm the kind of guy who can like girls and this new Terminator film, I thought. But by the time we'd got onto the final third and I'd spotted the big old floppin' dick of its CG-reliant climax, I realised that I'd made a huge mistake. I didn't know what was going on, I was confused, and I began to question if I'd even been into that kind of thing to start with. That final third really is a huge problem though, with Arnie frequently being replaced by his computerised double. The 80s was known for its beefcake actors because it took place in a pre-CG world. These huge men with their steroid-addled muscles and their presumably shrunken nutsacks were the special effects of their movies. But here we see Arnie slide down the side of a huge dam in a sequence that's so reliant on CG that you can see it dating before he reaches the fucking ground. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen ever was in T2, in which he climbed across one moving vehicle and onto the front of another one behind it. He then started blasting the driver with a machine gun before tipping the vehicle and jumping to safety. Of course there were stuntmen involved with this, but the very fact that it was all done for real is what counts. Arnie is his own special effect, and so if you have to then replace him with a pixelated double, then you don't understand what made him so special in the first place. I also felt somewhat conflicted about the state of his character here, who is living in the woods with a secret family. Now, admittedly, Arnie having a secret family was one of the more believable aspects of this film, but he's a machine? 
We're told that without a mission, he began to learn. But that's not how things work. If I stop using my calculator to add shit up with, then it won't get bored and adopt a fucking puppy to give its life purpose. I think that one of my main issues with this film in retrospect is in how it Alien 3s a certain character that has previously been quite important to the series. If you're watching this having just seen all five movies, and fucking hell, that makes you... you know, like, why, I could understand, like, Terminator 3, fine, it's it's got its, like, issues, but there's enough in there that you can probably just about get through it. 4 is, like, iffy. 5, if you've gotten through the 5th Terminator movie and you think, you know what, maybe I'll try the 6th one as well, you are an optimistic person. But... Uh, if you're watching this movie having just seen all five previous movies, then perhaps that'll feel less like an issue, the Alien 3 thing that I was talking about before I went off on tangent. But, as a direct sequel to Terminator 2, I have to admit that I did feel considerably cheated by it. Almost as cheated as I would if I felt like I'd gotten onto Mackenzie Davis's shag list, only to discover that I was actually balls deep into Justin Bieber. We're also told that although Skynet, the original robot makers, were destroyed in T2, another company just carried on and made some more robots of their own anyway. But we don't know we can win this war against these new Terminators from this new company in the way that we knew John Connor would win the war against Skynet. So it's possible that although Sarah saved 3 billion people in the last film, she's ultimately condemned humanity to a worse fate in the long run. Nobody seems to mention that. Although, if I was Sarah Connor, I'd probably keep my mouth fucking shut about it too. Nor does anybody seem hugely shocked, by the way, about how casually a new company decided to make its own killer robots after Skynet was destroyed. Isn't that a pretty nihilistic idea that our species is destined to wipe itself out and that all resistance is futile? even if it is a true idea, because that gang seemed to waft this idea away with about as much concern as a fart in the fucking breeze. People are claiming that this film has gone back to the basics of those first two instalments, but Dark Fate's story is way too convoluted for that to be true. There's too much going on to match the simplicity of the first film, and it moves way too fast for the characters to develop in the way that they did in the second. Imagine forcing a kid repeatedly to watch the first two films until they blend into one, and then asking that kid to describe what they saw whilst on fucking crack, and that's kind of what this one's like too. Pretty sure I've just come up with a cool new podcast idea there too. I bet that if you forced a drugged up kid to watch all of David Lynch's films until they merged into one, then they might sum them up into some sort of meaningful and coherent narrative, and we might all suddenly reach fucking enlightenment. Maybe. But that's not to say that there weren't pleasures to be had here, because I really did like the three central women, despite the fact that they weren't allowed to evolve beyond their archetypes. Plus, it has officially erased the shitter sequels from the canon, and so in the words of our modern-day philosopher, Justin Bieber, For a Big Bang to create all of this is more wild to think about than thinking about there being a god. Imagine putting a bunch of gold in a box, shaking up the box, and out comes a Rolex. Well, this film might not have been as good as a Rolex, but nor was it as shit as the bollocks that Justin Bieber apparently comes out with. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time. 